What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast, Season 5, Episode 1. Wow, we are starting it off, aren't we, babe? Yeah. Today, what are we talking about today? Today we have, I think we're talking about, oh yeah, the three ways to create real trust in your marriage. Three ways. That's coming up. Right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? <laughs> so we're talking about like, <laughs> okay, we're filling you in, okay? Because that's what we do, and that's how things roll. That's here. what you do. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay, we're bringing them into the I middle of this. No, I wouldn't do that. No, you wouldn't. But I would. <laughs> so that's what's great about being in a marriage. So we're sitting here talking, and I normally she talks a little while, and then I go on and I share our podcast from our. Uh, perfectly blended page to our group and to our personal profile and she's like you have 30 seconds you can get it done in 30 seconds you should be able to get it done in 30 seconds i'm like okay for the countdown <laughs> she's like okay all right <laughs> so today we get to talk about something super fun in marriage and that is trust but before we do that do you have anything else you want to talk about so for today? those of you that do follow our um even our personal page Josh and I recently got a dog and we're deprived of sleep. She's yawning. Like, well, I didn't mean to, but it's, we're deprived of sleep. We're not getting any sleep. And no, it's worse even for like, if I go to work, Josh is at home. I get to experience it on the weekends, but to be with her all day is very, very trying because you literally mm. have to follow her around because she tries to eat, chew on everything and pee everywhere and so you have to follow her around play with her no. keep her busy uh unless you're gonna you know put her in her little pen that we bought but then she's very upset and she'll pee and poop in there and step in it and everything so she, she does actually it is just tiring but she is so cute last week we showed a picture of her because we had just gotten her the friday before so we've had her for two weeks now and her name is Stella. Uh, but we are extremely, extremely tired. I am over COVID. I know last week we had shared um that I had COVID. So it was, you know, it's been a week, but I was fine by Thursday. I went back to work on Thursday. Yeah. A little tired um on Thursday and Friday, but some of that was is also because, you know, we have a puppy and we're not getting any sleep. She literally wants to and yes, this is my fault. Okay. I don't I want her to sleep in the bed with us. She's our baby. But she wants to crawl up on me right here <laughs> on me. On your neck. On your face. Yeah. And yeah. it gets uh, in. She doesn't just sleep. She fidgets all the time. Even while she's sleeping, she fidgets and she yes. resituates herself. She's so bad. she wants to do that on my face and my neck. And she whimpers a little bit, you know, while yeah, she's you don't doing let her. Yeah, and it's just like, oh my gosh, she's yeah. so cute, but it is just like we're just tired. 
that's all it is it's ty it's tiring getting a puppy and we were all gung-ho about it and thought it was a great idea and now we're all like how do you return this dog how do you take it back return to sender i have to keep reminding myself that in six months or a year you know we're gonna be super excited that yeah we have her and she is so cute it's just this is the this, this is, is the hard part this is tough like i have sand in my eyes right now like for real because Christy and I go to bed at the same time, but I always go to sleep much later than her. It's just how my just how I am. I usually fall asleep between like usually around midnight. It's usually when I fall asleep. I know you should go to bed earlier. And so I'm trying to go to bed earlier. Her favorite word is should. If you ever notice, just pay attention. She says should a lot. And so <laughs> I do it I to myself too. I should go to bed earlier. I should go to bed earlier. And I do try. Right? So uh, unfortunately there's, no there's only doing. Okay, Yoda. So we, you know, laying in bed and now Stella is like fidgety. And so it's like every 45 minutes you're waking up from this dog. No. And She's then, so cute, you know, though. at five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, Christy's like, okay, you know, I just need to get an extra hour of sleep, which is fine. I completely understand that. And I agree. So I get up and then I'm out in the living room right when I wake up and I'm trying to play with this dog, like after she poops seven times and pees. And so anyway, it's like, you're like we're like on the freak out mode right now okay so let's actually dive into this our youngest son has been episode. very very helpful with her though it's been great because he's been home from school because he's on intercession right now yeah so and he will he like has. right now while we're doing our podcast we're like great and you have yeah. to come out and watch her and he does he's very good with her he plays with her holds her and he does. does everything with and he her. likes doing it yeah which is helpful so, so he doesn't get frustrated easy. okay so today we do want to talk about we want to talk about how you know when it comes to marriage you know that trust is really a centerpiece and we really do take it for granted i really believe that especially if you're going into a second or third or a fourth marriage you don't really realize how important trust really really is instead you get stuck kind of in your ways you know like uh you know my privacy is my privacy even if you've like maybe you've been divorced and you were single for a while before you got remarried you know so there's a lot of a lot of problems that come from that though so today we really want to talk about the three key things that you can do in your marriage right now to help build really just some ironclad uh, trust. Do you have anything about that you want to say before we just dive right in? Yeah, I mean, I think our our marriage, I don't want to any downplay anyone else's marriage, but our marriage in particular, I think every marriage has specific, specific hurdles that you have to get over. In a blended family, you know, like when you read Ron Deal's things, you talk about, you know, the in-laws and blending the family and the kids and not being his kids, her kids, all this stuff. But each marriage, I think, also has specific things that they have to get over from past hurts and habits and hangups. And yep. one of our unique hurdles to our relationship was trust because uh, I don't trust uh, from my upbringing. A lot of you that watch our podcast know that I was molested growing up as a child and I wasn't taken care of or cared for by my parents. And it just was really bad. So I learned how to self-soothe and not trust anyone, just myself and type of thing. So I already have trust issues and especially when it comes to men, you know, and then I knew Josh when I was 18, Josh and I got together when I was in my early thirties, like got together us, but I knew him when I was 18 because I was dating one of his friends and that's how I met him originally. Mm -hmm. And Josh was a different person back then. Like Josh was a ladies man and he had his own hurts things that he was dealing with in his early. I think I was 18. You were 21, I yeah, think. 21. And he, you know, 
could get any woman that he wanted and he knew how to do that. And I just didn't like him back then, the person that he was. So then when him and I, you know, the stars aligned and him and I ended up getting together and dating, there was massive trust issues in our relationship already because I don't trust people in general, especially Mm -hmm. men and him having a lot of hurdles because I didn't trust him from the person that I knew who he used to be. So these three things really helped us a lot. And that's why it's important to us to share with you guys about how to build trust in your relationship because it does take time. It's it does. trust is built over time. It's not something that you just meet a person and you just trust them. You know, it's, it's work. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work to do and this is a huge hurdle that we've been able to overcome in our relationship. I mean, even to the point where seven years ago, we had been together for five years at the time, five or six years. And, uh, he was in school and it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm asking him, who are you emailing? Like he was in school for, with a bunch of girls, you know, and I'm like going through his emails, like, Oh man, you told this one girl to wish you luck. You don't tell a girl that to wish you luck. That's flirting, you know, type of thing. So it's just important that we're, we are transparent with the hurdles because we want to help some people fast forward a little bit of the things and yeah. not sweat the small stuff so much. Yeah, the thing is, is when, especially when you're, I mean, even if it's first marriage, even if you're in your first marriage, right, which you most likely wouldn't be watching this podcast from your first marriage because you're part of a blended family. Maybe you unless, should though so you don't end up in your second Unless you've never been married before, right, and you've had children before, so you kind of have a blended family. But anyway, side sidebar that that we all come with some form of baggage. We have some type of hurts in our past that we carry along. Now, Christie's was not just with uh, her, you know, p- past relationships. She also had hurts and stuff that she's dealing with as a, from, ha- from a child. And so she has deep rooted trust issues when it comes to men specifically. She has no problem trusting women because she knows how to trust women in a comfortable way. Whether they're untrustworthy women, she knows how to handle it gracefully. Mm-hmm. She really does. Like she doesn't have any issues with women. She's like, oh, I can handle that. I don't care. I know I can't trust her. I know how to handle that. <laughs> but when it comes to men, it's she handles things very differently when it comes to that. So as a spouse, we had to figure out, okay, what's how can we make this to where you're you don't feel like you're constantly on the defense all the time. Or that you're constantly feeling like something's going on or not right. Yeah. Like, what can we do to figure this out? So over the last, you know, 11 years of us being together, you know, we've had to kind of drag this around and try and really figure it out. Yeah. And so it's really, really important. Now, we all have trust issues, right? She did know me when I was a different person in my life. I didn't like me then, you know? And so for me You wouldn't have known that, though. It, <laughs> but you... <laughs> you're rotten so it's not the point the point is right i had to fake it right so i had to pretend that i was somebody that i wasn't and so but the point is is i had my own things that i'm dealing with and so now i'm changed in my life and i want to prove to her that i am a different person and so she's still thinking that i you know these things about me and it hurts my feelings right but that's not an intentional thing so that's why we feel like trust is such a important portion of your marriage that if you don't focus on tackling this like everything else is just going to gradually just erode away so today we want to talk about the three things right the three things number one is you need to focus on transparency transparent over here transparency i love that little noise yeah transparency uh transparency in our relationship i 
the majority of the hum humility in being open to that was on his behalf because I had trust issues. And a lot of times when people go in relationships, especially your second, third, fourth marriage, you go in with this chip on your shoulder like my other one ended. They were the problem. I'm not going to allow anyone mm. to tell me what to do. I'm going to be my own person. We're coming into this relationship as individuals. We will remain individuals and be best friends at the same time. You know, and it really took work on his behalf to understand if the trust is, he had to work through this. If the trust is going to be built in this relationship, if there's any chance, he has to be comfortable with being an open book, having, letting me have all of his passwords, all his passcodes to his phone and his laptop and emails and anything that I wanted to at the time. And I used to, when we got together, he'd leave a room and I would be going through his stuff without him knowing, right? He probably knew. I think women do that anyway. I think that happens. Yeah, I do, right? I mean- No, I I'm, yeah. But it that is a deep-rooted thing in them then. I had to be open to the fact that I needed to work on my trust though too. Yes, he needed to be trustworthy, mm -hmm. but I also had to- understand like in order you can't smother someone to death to force trust for yourself like you have to pray and you have to understand and really really be okay with like how I am with women like yeah I know I can't trust that person but it's okay I'll deal with it you really have to trust God to say yeah you should have access to all of your spouse's things but just because you have access to it doesn't mean you're going and trying to catch them in something and you're always checking it. You don't. You have access if you ever needed it or they were unavailable and you needed to check something. But the more transparent you are with your spouse, the less it causes them to want to sniff things out, to be honest. And you have to be okay personally with saying, I am trusting God with this. And if, if he chose to make a mistake of cheating and cheating needs to be like, as soon as you are entering into emotional flirtation with other women, as soon as you start in your own mind as a male or female, allowing yourself to fantasize or look at members of the opposite sex in a sexual way, that is opening the door to, to mm -hmm. trust issues going to be starting. I have to be okay with God. If he chose to do that, there's nothing I could do about it. Nothing. If he's choosing to do that, and if we found out about it, I have to give that to God and I would have to make the decision from there of what's going to be best for mm -hmm. me. I can't be so scared that Josh is going to do something that it's going to crush me to the point where yes. I won't be able to survive it. Hmm. It's That is his choice if he chose to ruin it. Same with me. He has to trust me to where I'm not, I'm going to take what we have and I'm going to do, be as transparent as possible, give him everything he needs to feel safe and secure in this relationship because that's what I want him to feel. But if I chose to go out and bash that, there's nothing he could do about it. Yeah. And we have to give that to God. Yeah, I think, you know, this transparency thing really gets abused, I think. Yeah. A lot of times you hear guys or girls that'll be like, well, they're just insecure and they need to deal with it. They need to get over it. And that's just such an unfair thing. We have to remind ourselves that we're this is a team, right? My goal isn't to make sure that Christy gets over things, right? Because I can guarantee you if the tables are turned on something, we feel the same exact way. And we're all insecure to some degree. 
all of us. That's why we talk about having baggage. We all are. And so why would we want to come into a relationship and not be transparent? I don't care if she goes through my phone. And if I do care, there's got to be a reason why I care. That's insecurity. Right? It's exactly right. And so why do I care? Why? Because I'm an adult, so... Uh, this is a relationship. God says that we are one now. Like, mm -hmm. why Why do I now have to have separate things that she can't know about? Why Why is all of this that goes on that, that now we need to have all this stuff that's completely separate and not transparent? You know, that means we have something to hide or we're insecure. Like Chris is saying, there's something we're insecure about. We don't want them to know. Maybe we're liking something that we shouldn't be liking, but we are justifying in our mind. So it's okay yeah. to like it and so on. So, you know, and then we're, then we're just, you know, trailing this all the way down. And, we're, and that's the point. Like, transparency is so important. Number one, it takes all the guilt away from you, right? If you know that your spouse has full access to everything that you have, you don't have to worry. Mm -mm. You don't have to worry like, oh my gosh, did I do this? Did I do that? Well, no, I didn't do any of that because I know my spouse has full access and I don't have to worry about it. That's why Christy and I years ago decided that we were going to do a shared Facebook page. You know, we were getting to be part of Celebrate Recovery and we were realizing like opposite sexes were like, you know, sending me messages and stuff on Facebook to talk to me about recovery, that's bad news, bad mm -hmm. news. And I could go all the way around in a circle and say, I'm the leader and this is my job and this is what I, no, no. I want to make every excuse to empower my marriage, not disempower my marriage. And transparency isn't a weakness. Transparency is a choice to make this work and this bond get stronger with trust. Yeah. And Mark made a good point. He said, trust issues seem to be more of a struggle because of past circumstances. Yep. Definitely something to take seriously and pay special attention to, which is true. Amen, Mark. A lot of the trust issues come from yep. past circumstances. Definitely. So, or if you're in a relationship currently now and you guys have been together for a long time and you still don't trust that person, it's usually because that person has broken that trust. Yeah. And then you guys need to sit down and have a serious conversation of that ever could be rebuilt. Now, God yep. can re- heal he, he can absolutely he, he can heal anything yes you two as a couple though need to understand and decide if that can be rectified and healed though. so one of the things that christy was talking about you know she knew me a long time ago right and so one of my things is when i was changing when i was going through my recovery and you know if you've listened to our podcast in any certain amount of time you know that we're both recovering alcoholics well i was new in my sobriety and so i really cared about changing. I really wanted to not be the person that I was before. So when Christy and I started dating and then we got married, it was like, I wanted her to know and believe and trust in me. Like I am a new person. Like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like I am not the same person I used to be. I'm not. And so I was all about wanting to be transparent. I didn't fight it on there because I had so much I felt to gain, which was her and her trust. And that I knew that this was going to make our marriage stronger. So a lot of times I see guys that come into relationships and stuff and they're like, I'm not doing anything wrong. So she needs to just get over it. And that is just not teamwork. That it's is selfishness. It is selfishness, you know? So, uh, cause now our marriage is like, <laughs> like we, I don't, yeah. it's so good. I mean, in the first five years were so hard and, um, I mean, everything was right. working. Everything was working against us, though, when we first got together. Everything. His ex-wife, I knew he was dating his ex-wife when I knew him, when I was 18. Yep. So she knew who I was, and she didn't like me back then, and nothing has changed. So, you know, she did everything she could to try to implant mistrust in my head. My ex yep. um, would be like, oh, I know people that go to the same college that Josh goes to, and he's going to lunch with other women, and I hear all about it. 
Um, when we first moved in together, we had been together for a few months and we found a pair of women's underwear and Josh's old couch when we were moving it. So like everything was working against us. Everything was, there was all these red flags. Urinary tract infection I got. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all these TMI, red but... flags that were yeah. coming up to me. Yeah. To not trust him. Yeah. And something inside, which was the Holy Spirit, I feel something inside was being like, you need to work through this. You need to work through this. You need to work through this. And the more that we worked through things and worked through the struggle and communicated openly about those and fought, you know, fought yeah. things out. And did. I was, you know, transparent with my feelings. Like. Very. You you are not trustworthy. I know you're not. Tr and would talk to him about like. But I didn't I get need, defensive about it. No. And he, he had to work really hard. To just answer my questions and not be like, oh my gosh, we're going through this yeah. again. Oh my gosh, you're asking me. Oh my gosh, you still don't trust me. He never did that. Mm -hmm. So I actually sometimes would be like, in my head, I'm like, this is the time he's going to be like, oh my gosh, we have to go through this again. I'm not doing this with you. And then I'm going to be like, okay, like we're done then because he's not willing. And he, it never never happened every time i wanted to talk through with him like this is what i'm feeling i feel like i can't trust you he would be like okay let's talk about it let's let's sit down tell him like what do you need to look at what do we need to what full honest feelings do we need to get out on the table and he would say sometimes like this hurts my feelings like i want you to trust me because for the first time in my life i'm not doing anything that should cause you not to trust me like i am a trustworthy person and it was it was a growing time for him I yeah. feel like because God, he was making all these changes and was actually being a man of upstanding character. And no matter how much he, a years, no matter how much and how straight and narrow he was being, he was with a woman that was like, no, you're lying. Well, and all the circumstances did not look good in my favor. <laughs> no, it did not. And so, you just know, repeatedly, <laughs> oh, I was talking to somebody the other day about it. Some guy that I, that I mentor and we were, I was talking to him about it and I said, you don't understand, like, if it could have gone wrong, it went wrong. Like, everything was, like, bad against me, and it made me look bad. But that's the enemy trying to attack our marriage. And we stayed true, and we stayed calm. I mean, as calm as we could right through it. And I just told myself, like, no. Like, I'm playing chess here. I'm not playing checkers. Like, I'm in this for the long haul and the big win. And I know and I'm confident that the truth will always prevail if I stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. And that's just remaining fully transparent. Fully transparent. Believe me, it was easier at times for me to just say, oh, I'm just not going to say nothing about this conversation that my ex-wife had with me. No. You know what I do? I screenshot it. I send it to her. I screenshot it. I send it to her. It's yeah. just easier. It just was easier. And it's not because I, I, you know, that I would get froggy about it and think to myself, like, I can handle this. It's not about that. It was about understanding that I want to cement my marriage deeper and deeper and deeper until when something big does come up, that our, our marriage isn't just fly into the wind, you know? And so we care about the transparency. We still care about the transparency. Very it. much so. Yeah, very much so. All right. That's why we still have a combined Facebook page yeah. and uh, we have each other's passwords to everything, anything and everything we ever need. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. A lot of times I don't remember even how to get in my own stuff. I have to have him do it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's true. All right. So number two, number two, you got to have humility. Yeah, and we kind of seeped into this one a little bit just now talking about it because that's a lot of what Josh had to have and I had to have. So Josh had to be humble when I would come to him and want to talk to him about my distrust. I actually had to humble myself 
in order to go talk to him because I, the old Christy, didn't talk things out with people. She didn't. She'd leave or she'd fight them. And there wasn't any like, sit down, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling this way. This is why I'm justified to feel this way. And then having a person say, you are just, I could see if I was in your shoes, you feeling that way. But this is from my perspective. And this is what I'm doing to prove to you, you know. So both of us had to enter that with humility and actually listen to the other person that is our spouse. It's our best friend. And we are on the same team. And we had to get reminded of that. And prayer, making sure God keeps your heart humble, Mm. praying for each other. We did our last podcast on, you know, prayers for your marriage. And that's what it is. You know, you have to pray together. You have to pray for your marriage. And then you have to pray individually for your spouse and yourself Mm -hmm. for God to keep your heart softened. I mean, if I'll find myself over time, I'm like, man, I haven't prayed for him in a little bit. And usually there's a red flag in my head because he'll be doing something or talking something. And I'm like, he knows everything all the time. And then I'm like, no, that's not because that's not the way that Josh really feels. I'm either lack of sleep, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, the halt, (laughs) you know, you learn that in recovery, which helps a lot. And, or I, I haven't been praying enough in my having strong enough prayer life uh, that I start feeling that way. And as soon as I, as long as I'm gotten enough sleep, you know, um, or I'm not angry or I'm not, you know, deep rooting anything inside me. If I am in my prayer life, like I should be, a lot of these things go away. A lot of it because God changes us, not the other person. Yeah. That's so. true. Yeah. So for me, you know, when I think of humility, when it's in marriage to, to, to build and gain more trust is I really think like, okay, we came from separate relationships and now we've already kind of, you know, our kids are already partially grown. And so now we get, I get pride in my justification of the now way things are. No, back in the beginning, when we first started, like mm. you kind of get justified in the way that you are about things like the, my parenting skills better. Uh, you know, the way that I like to, you know, make sure things happen in my household are better. The food that we serve my way is better. And so I had to really check myself on that yeah. and be like, how is this woman ever going to trust me if I'm, if I'm always want to be right or, you know, have this pridefulness about our relationship as a whole. And so when we talk about humility, we really need to humble ourselves to our spouse. And so, and I love that Christy touched on this. The the best way, at least for a man, okay, and I can't speak for women, but for men, the best way we can humble ourselves is humble ourselves before Christ first. Yeah. We have to be willing to humble ourselves to God. If we're willing to get down on our knees to God about things that are going on in our lives, we're going to understand that we need to humble ourselves to our wives as well. And so if I'm willing to do that and say, okay, wait a minute, her opinion and everything that she has matters just as much as mine does, she's going to be so much more willing to listen to me and trust me and believe in me that I'm not trying to manipulate her, twist her into my perspectives and all these things. It just having true humility. Which really, I used to do. Which I used to do. Yeah, I used to, well, to a certain degree, right? I would get real salesy, right? I would get very salesy, right? Christy's always like, you can always tell when you really want something because you talk fast and you become very convincing. And she's not wrong. And I have to humble myself to that. Even if my intentions are good, it doesn't mean that the outcome is bad for our relationship or our marriage. And so it's not always about our intentions. It's about really the whole point and purpose of what it is that we're doing. So to build trust, we have to have that humility in our marriage. Well, and the, 
you it, okay so him and i being together he is a very intelligent person and i would be like don't you get all salesy on me you know because a lot of times he does have valid points he's a very intelligent person i'm a very intelligent person but what really humility came down to it is my whole life since i was a child i basically had to emotionally care for myself and look out for myself. So a lot of what has opened my eyes though, too, is how different God created men and women. Mm. And he did it to balance each other out. Because when just now, when we were talking about humility, I try to, because we do have a healthy competition in our relationship. I try to talk about all the things about humility. And I'm thinking in my head, like there's nothing else he could possibly say that I didn't think of. Right. And then he comes out and he starts talking and I'm like, wow. And I have a deep appreciation of that. But God created us differently for that reason. He created a man and a woman to think differently, to come together, to be able to balance each other out and to be able to get through these problems together with God. That's why it says in the Bible, three cords yeah. will not be broken. Yeah. And you have to humil- humble yourself every day in your relationship because we as humans are very prideful people. We think that we have thought of everything and that's why God created us for community because no individual person can possibly handle and think of everything. It's a community that comes together. Well, that's where your marriage starts in your Mm. little family. That's your, you know, Rondeal calls them mini families. We're mini families in within the blended family. If everyone's approaching it as such, like we're coming together, everyone has a voice. We have to be humble. We need to be transparent, but that's how we're going to get stronger. That's how we're going to have the best trust. That's how we're going to have the best family. That's how we're going to have the best marriage to have an appreciation for the different perspective that they bring to the table that we have to thought about, but we have to be humble to listen, to hear it. But we do that because we intentionally are trying to be a team. Yes. That we want to, we want to win together. That's the only way you really truly win is winning together. You know, Tam, Tammy says, I definitely learned from the past that transparency is key. It is. And we yeah. have to learn from the past, but not everybody does, you know? And so, yeah. I mean, we're talking divorce rates for second, third, and fourth marriages. We're talking 60 to 70% or higher, yeah. depending on whether there's kids involved. And why is that? I can tell you why. It's because there's a lack of trust, which means that you're not willing to be all in. You're always kind of having a foot out or always an option to not be fully involved. And if you're not giving it your all, and trust me, we you need to give it your all. We have to be willing to give it our all for it to work yeah. because the enemy is going to attack it super hard. You know, and so for that to even be in play in that, we have to be super humble to the process and humble to yeah. our spouses. Like we have to be willing to do that. Because once you're a Christian, you know, you don't lose your salvation, but that doesn't mean the devil leaves you alone. The devil wants to ruin God's testimony through you and how he's going to do that is when you screw up though, too, make you feel like you're worthless, make you feel like God can't redeem you, right. make you feel like, you know, there's no point in trying. And so that's where our pride kicks in then because we want to self-protect and then we want to justify in our own heads why we have the right to do mm-hmm. something. And it starts with our marriages because that's how, that's where he wants to break it up because then you go on to your next marriage. He wants to break that one up too. Just because he broke up your first one doesn't mean he doesn't want to break up the second one, the third one, the fourth one. Because my dad was married five times. And I'm sure my dad struggled with, when he was alive, I'm sure he struggled with feeling of worthlessness. And that is the devil winning. 
I mean, that's what he wants, whether that's he's it. getting someone with drug addiction, whether he's getting someone with alcohol addiction or porn addiction or yep. gambling addiction, whatever it is, breaking up. Maybe the person has a toxic relationship addiction and they just keep getting in another marriage, another marriage. That's what my dad did. Yep. Or another relationship, another living in sin. A lot of people now that is a socially acceptable thing. But the Bible causes us to be in the world, not of the world. Yep. And it's hard. It's hard. And it's hard to have a godly marriage. A lot of people don't understand it, you know, and your marriage is unique to you. And that's how, especially with blended families, you know, when we tell people we share everything, we joined our finances when we got together. We sit down and have family meetings. We go to bed at the same time. I don't go out and have girls nights out. He doesn't go out and have boys nights out where he's spending the night, you know, mm -hmm. off places. The only time he ever goes and spends the night without me is for the staff retreat with the church because he's on staff at our church and they go to that. I've went and had to, for work, had to go and spend the night somewhere else. But we're not purposely going out and spending nights with people no you we're know, very away protective. from each other so we're very 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 protective of our relationship and that's i truly truly feel like josh and i have one of the strongest relationships marriages that i've ever seen because but then people scoff at our little like rules that yeah. we have yeah but our relationship is very fruitful our marriage is very i don't know very good it's my favorite thing you know, I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't. I want to go on vacation with him and spend all my time with him and always be with him. And that's because our relationship is strong. And it's been through work, work and work and work and years of transparency and fights and arguments and, and humility. being humble about it, though, yeah. and willing to work through the fight, not walk away, you know, and uh, it's hard. It is hard. And that's what we want for blended families. Just because you are in your second, third or fourth marriage, you have to focus on this marriage that you're in, you know, and you need to do these things. Yeah. And both people have to be on board with it. You have to be. A man and a woman have to both. And, and at times, and this is something that's so key and something that we've had to learn the hard way. At times, Christy is the one doing the majority of the work. Yeah. And at other times, I'm the one doing the majority of the work. In the beginning of our relationship, I was the one always being calm. I was the one always saying, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. And she didn't want to, and we kind of fought through it. And then as years went on, the, that kind of started to tip, right? Mm -hmm. I started getting stressed out from school or work or whatever else, and I just didn't want to deal with it. And she was like, no, we need to sit down, we need to talk. So it's like being humble to that. And I'm thinking to myself, and she was probably thinking it too, like, okay, times have changed is how's he going to react to this? Yeah. You know? And to me at first I didn't. And then I'm like, okay, like this is how marriage works. And I need to be humble to my wife right now and say, Hey, you know what? Maybe I'm not, I'm not carrying my weight right now. And she never got on me and said, Josh, you're not doing enough. It was Josh. We have things we need to talk about. Yeah. And so we, we would sit down and we would do those things and all that, all of that together over the years, just kept cementing and cementing and cementing deeper and deeper trust. You know, so we don't even have to come home and say it anymore. Like if something's going on, we will let a cool off period happen. And then we just are like, let's get into it. What do we got to talk about? Let's get this over and solve it. And let's just handle our business without getting emotional and mad. Cause so. there's still times where I'm just like, yeah, I don't even want to bring it up. Cause yeah. I don't want to have the three hour conversation that we're going to need to have about it. And I'd rather just, not deal with it because I don't, I'm too tired I'm to tired. have the conversation. Right. Yeah. So, right. but then you just have to be like, no, it's just, this is too important. It. Yeah. All right. So last thing, number three, number three, 
you need to take responsibility. Personal responsibility. Yes. And I would say that I have the most trouble with this in our relationship. Uh, and what's beautiful about it is Josh is very humble about it, but you're supposed to apologize when it's your turn. And I do. And I've gotten better than I used to. I used to never apologize. Never. Never, 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 zero times. And that also stemmed from, and this isn't an excuse. I had to take responsibility as an adult to become a better adult. But how we do that is why am I that way? Like, is it, and it was from my upbringing and always being blamed and always being not cared for. So it made it be like, no, I am fending for myself. And no one's going to tell me when I'm doing something wrong. No one, like I have to look out for myself, but that is unhealthy. So then it took me being, he apologized. He's way better at apologizing than me. Way, way better. And that is actually good for me because he lives an example for me. Now it gets to the point where I'm sitting there and he'll be like, sometimes he's super quick. He's really good at it. Like we do something and not even five minutes. He's like, you know what? I'm really sorry. And I'm just like, I wasn't ready yet, but I still wanted to be the first one to apologize. But he is so much farther along at, in that journey in our relationship. And he's never turned around and he's never been like, I apologize way more than you apologize. I, I am the one that's always putting the first foot forward. I'm the one that's doing, you know, he's never said that to me. But what has happened is a lot of the times he is the first one to say, I'm sorry. This may sound childish. But it has opened the door for me to be comfortable with looking at him and saying, I'm sorry, too. I wouldn't even do that. Like, he would come to me and he would say, I'm so sorry. And I would be like, thank you. And that's it. Like, I, I wouldn't say it because I wanted to be like, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. You hurt me and I'm entitled to my feelings, which I am. I am entitled for my feelings. But what I'm not entitled to is to alienate my spouse. And you have to get confident and comfortable in yourself to be able to say I'm sorry. In your relationship, you're definitely not saying you're sorry to other people if you're not saying you're sorry to your spouse. <laughs> That's very true. Because that should be the safest place to say you're sorry. You know, and so you do need to take responsibility and I'm very, very good at taking responsibility for the things I need to take responsibility for. But what I'm not good at is saying, I'm sorry. I can say, I shouldn't have done that, babe. Next time in the future, I'm going to do this, this, and this. I won't do that again. But to actually come out and say, I'm sorry, is very difficult for me. Now, there is a thing that came out called the apology love languages, not love language, apology language. And I looked it up and I took the test. And I, we have to apologize in your marriage. You need to apologize to your spouse that an apology that makes, that's important for them. Yeah. And my apology lo love language is not necessarily the person saying they're sorry. It is the person coming to me taking responsibility and saying, I shouldn't have done this. These are the things that I'm putting in place so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And I will ensure that I don't do it again. Yeah. And if I do do it again, these are the things I'm going to do to ensure or to get better. Yeah. So that is actually my apology love languages. So then when I turn around and he wants to hear that I'm sorry, because he wants to know that I'm sincerely like apologetic for it, I feel bad about it, then I need to say I'm sorry. And that is an important like little test that you could take, I think. I never did that. I did. <laughs> 
I did. She's like, there's got to be a better way to say I'm sorry other than saying I'm sorry. That's me. <laughs> there's got to be a test I can take that tells me that it's okay that I don't have to say sorry. It, it's not telling me it's okay, though. It isn't. I realize that I have, I'm have. i number one. It's from my her past hurts that I'm uncomfortable saying I'm sorry. For sure. But then also, because of a lot of my past hurts, that's probably why my apology love language isn't, I don't believe. I don't trust. So someone coming to me saying I'm sorry, I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. That's what I think. Yeah. So if someone came to me and said, I am sorry, these are the things I'm going to do to ensure that it doesn't happen again. I shouldn't have done this. I should have mm -hmm. done this, 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 and this. It's, mm -hmm. It says a lot more to me. Yeah. I think you also are quick to think that things are going to fall apart, which yeah. means you're not trustworthy in whatever's going on, especially people. Yeah. Because people are, don't normally take responsibility for and things. People let you down. They do. People do and let you have you to down. get comfortable with But that. if you put your hope in people, you're always going to let down. And that includes your marriage. Like, yeah. but, but you have to have trust where like Christy knows, like if something goes wrong in our marriage, she knows that it'll bounce back. She has enough trust and faith yeah. inside of our relationship of that because I'm willing to take responsibility. No, now I'm is, more scared that he's going to die. Which is, oh, And he's going to leave me. No, I actually, I'm scared about that. Whoa. I can't have you leave me. You'll die before me. I mean, I'll <laughs> die before you. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, men always die first. These women are like black widows. Like you can, and the guys die. So that's not true. But we have to be willing to take responsibility. We have to be willing. And that's really, really hard. Some, for a lot of women it is. And for a whole lot of men, it really is about taking personal responsibility. Are you willing to say, you know what? This is wrong. And I have gotten much better at it because I care about the way that she views me. Like, I want Christy to view me as the person that is there to take care of her. He's codependent too. I, yes, I am. Very so that, no, seriously. And that I makes up, not that that's an unhealthy codependency. No, but it, but it, but it, it, I do take it on. And it doesn't matter to me, but yes. I, I try not to do it in an unhealthy sense. I try and say, Hey, I care what my spouse thinks of me. Mm -hmm. I want to be the, the the guy in her life that she trusts the most. Like I want that because Christy's no matter what in her life, she's still going to struggle with that to some degree. Yeah, but I want, true. I want that. I want the hundred percent. And I know that I'll never get that. And I'm okay with that to a certain degree. Well, that's like salvation, but so. it, right. But my point is, is like, I want to make sure that I'm being responsible for my own actions and it's hard sometimes. Yeah, not be like, she's never going to trust me anyway. I don't care. Right. And that's most guys, you know, they're putting their hands down their pants. <sighs> she's never going to trust me anyway, so I'm just going to do what I want. Little Al Bundy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a real quick way to a good marriage right there, buddy. Yeah, Mark. So I try and apologize immediately as soon as I realize the mistake. No waiting or stewing. Yeah, and we can't. Like, we have to do it right away. Yeah. And I've gotten better. That's where I was, actually, I'm glad I read that because that's where I was going with this. I interrupt you. That's okay. I, I was, why I am much quicker now is because I literally can feel the Holy Spirit work on me immediately and be like, yeah, like this is like, Josh, you need to apologize. Like this is the moment you need to embrace it. There's no reason to think about it. The Holy Spirit gets a hold of me and I know it and I don't question it and I just go with it. You know, it's that level, level of conviction. Christy is really good with that level of conviction on other things in life. Yeah. Like other types of decision-making processes, she's instantly quick about it. Like, well, I know God's straightening me here, you know. Yeah. So just with me, when it comes to, to to taking responsibility and apologizing, I'm just I'm really in tune with the Holy Spirit on that for the most part. I'm not great at it all the time, but I'm so thankful. Let's just pause for a minute and talk about like more than likely, if you're watching this, you're a Christian. You know, is promoted as a Christian podcast, so we don't shy away from our beliefs. And I, I'm to the point in my walk with God that I am so, so thankful 
that the Holy Spirit takes time, that God takes time to correct me about each little thing when I need to be corrected because he could be so busy with so much other things, you know, and that's how much he loves us is cares about our little piddly, you know, life down here to be like, to convict us to say, Hey, stop for a second. Let's just calm down. Like what actually are you upset about here and who are you upset at? And is it worth it? And I just am so thankful when those things come up. Like, I don't, I used to be like, oh man, I shouldn't have even, like, I used to have the thought process, like God shouldn't have to convict me. I should be, there's the shoulds that Josh was talking about (laughs) earlier. I should be doing what I'm supposed to do at all times. And if he has to convict me about something, I am a loser. I am worthless, you know, and all that stuff. And that's where the Bible says it's not condemnation. Okay. God does not, is not condemning you. God is convicting you because he wants you to be converted. You know, he wants you to make corrections in yourself. He Mm -hmm. knows that we're going to screw up. And so for us to get upset with ourselves because we're getting convicted, it's actually a very good thing. It's a loving thing. And it's awesome that when it happens. Yeah. Cause it's never supposed to be looked at as a negative thing from Christ. Never. It's supposed to be encouragement. It's supposed to be loving, sometimes hurtful, you know, straightening of our path, you know, is really pushing us in line. Cause so. why don't we want to apologize to you? The, the usually, usually we don't want to apologize because we don't want the other person to look at us right. and be like, yeah, you should apologize. Or I don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. So people are scared of that. But as soon as you get confident in God and you're like, no, I'm doing this because it's what God would want me to do. Mm-hmm. And you're confident in that. It doesn't matter what the other person does. Doesn't, it doesn't, you don't need a response. Nope. You don't, it doesn't matter if the other person says you should res- say you're sorry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I should. And yeah. that's why I am, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It's unresponsibility. I know this is really kind of a side shot, right? But just this couple days ago, there was a basketball game and it doesn't matter who the teams that played, but there was a coach that at the end of the game didn't like something that happened in the game. So he goes into the line where at the end of the game, the two coaches shake hands and he wouldn't shake his hand. The other coach kind of grabbed his shirt. Well, this coach hit the other coach. Okay, which we didn't wrong. really hit him. He, I mean, he, he open palmed like he pushed his face enough to where it's yeah. considered. He striked him. He, he striked him. Anyway. I watched the video multiple so times. So after the game, though, this coach they always do a press release. Thing yeah, at the, you know, at the very end of the game, and the coach got on, you know, and he's doing his thing, whatever, and he talked about the incident, but he still didn't take any responsibility for it. Took none. He didn't say he was sorry. He justified everything that he did, and. That's the problem. Did he come out the next day and say that he was sorry? Yeah, but by then he's probably getting threatened with his job and like all these things, right? So we have to understand like how we act is a big basis on our character and our integrity. How would we expect our spouse to trust? Not Our spouse isn't expecting us to always be perfect, but what they are asking us is to please take responsibility so I can trust in your response in this. Show us the puppy. Oh my gosh, she's literally going to go get our dog. But I think it's so important that we understand, like, you know, the value in taking personal responsibility in our marriage to strengthen our marriage. And it's super hard to do that without knowing that your spouse, how your spouse is going to act in response to that. So I cannot believe she's going to get our puppy right now. She was super comfy with Graydon. Nine, she was sleeping. Nine weeks old. Today. Little baby Stella. Here she is. Little Frenchie. Oh, a little fat girl. I don't even know if you could put her on the table. She's not going to like that. No. See her little white paw right here? Oh, <laughs> little baby. Yeah, if you're watching the Hi, video. Hi, baby. Yeah. Hi. Nine oh. weeks old. She's oh. a blue Frenchie, but she also has some Brindle in her, some tan. I don't know if you can see that on the camera or not. 
Yeah, she's so sweet. She's so sweet. Look at that face. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. that face. And she's Let's got see. blue eyes. See if you can see the brown. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yep. you can. You can see some spots on her. She's like, Mom, I do not like this. She doesn't. I don't like this. She doesn't. Yeah. So she'll go put her back. You know, so I, I you know, I encourage you. We encourage you that, you know, as you go out into your relationship later today or tomorrow, what is it that you can do out of these three things that's going to help deepen your trust in your relationship, in your marriage? How are you going to, you know, step up in a specific way differently? Because we know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing day in and day out and expecting something different to happen, having a different result. So if things, if your trust in your marriage isn't strong now, what are you going to do differently today and tomorrow and, and so on and so forth to, to replace whatever's going on to cause that deeper level of trust? And the example that you talked about, though, about the, the basketball coach is it, what people need to understand is if you talk about the incidents and you say facts of what happened, it's a lot of times people may think like, oh, they're trying to skate responsibility. They're not. If he would have said, this is the things that happened, but it doesn't matter what happened or what the other person That's did right. to me, I should be big enough to where I don't touch them That's right. in return. I need to be the example yep. for my team and I can't control what other people do. I can only control what I do. And that's the type of what you have to have in your really any relationship, but specifically your marriage. Yeah. Like Josh talks about all the time because men, God has given a higher responsibility in the home and, and that's the way that it is. And so we should want our men to succeed, but men also need to own up to that. And Josh will say all the time when he's talking to other men or at CR, he'll say, you know, I can't talk about every place that Christy is short. God doesn't say, well, I don't have to love her or I don't have to honor her if she's not fitting this mold right here. Yeah. He's saying that this is what I'm supposed to do as the man. So that's my responsibility. That's a person taking responsibility, mm -hmm. not saying, well, they hit me first. So I hit them. Okay. Should you have though? No, right. you shouldn't. And you can say, yeah, they did hit me first, but even if they hit me first, I shouldn't have hit them back because there's a large crowd of people there. I mean, your life was not in danger. <laughs> That's one thing I made a promise to myself when we first got into a relationship that I said I would never say a crossword to her ever. And have I? No. And I won't. I, I mean, we to. say things. I don't want people to misconstrue that. We say no like name calling, no name calling. We don't call each other names or things like that. We will say like, you are being unreasonable right now. Yes. But not like something insultive. I don't insult yeah. her, or put her mm -hmm. down. I don't call her names. Like I mm -hmm. don't do those things. And it's real easy to like fall into my flesh and be like, you're really making me mad right now. And you're a, mm -mm -mm. like, that would be so easy to just do that. But it takes away so many levels of trust. You know, and then she's going to take that on. Like, that's what I honestly think about her. Mm -hmm. And we can't take those things back. So yeah. taking responsibility for everything that happens, our actions and our words is what's going to really deepen, deepen your relationship and your trust levels. Mm -hmm. Especially a person like me, because I think in absolutes, which I'm trying to get better at, because it's, it's actually a bad thing to use the words always and never you shouldn't use those words. And I'm catching myself more and more using those words all the time and then trying to say, no, I shouldn't say that. It's not always. It's 80% of the time or 70% of the time. Yeah. There are, you know, I'm trying to catch myself. And I think in absolute. So if he ever called me a crossword or a name, 
it would take a long time to rewind that because I would be like, he thinks that all the time about me. Yeah. Thinks it all the time. Well, it's you because know? nobody beats us up more than ourselves. And when somebody says something cross to us, we take that on because we're already thinking that about ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what we can't, I can't do that in my marriage. I want to lift my wife up, not put her down. I can't have to agree with her all the time, but just because I don't agree with her doesn't mean I need to put her in her place by being mean. And we don't. And being aggressive. We and don't, we, we don't agree. A lot of times, well, the, the stuff that we don't agree on, we'll be like, okay, I'll cave first this time and we'll try it your way. And if it doesn't work, yep. then we're trying it my way. Yep. And then it's okay. Like, oh, I didn't want to go live. We were talking about it tonight on my way home from work. I don't know why we brought it up, but I, we were talking about how stubborn I am. Okay. And I dig my heels in on things. And um, he's like, man, you dig your heels in on some things with me. I'm like, yeah, but I always end up doing always. See, <laughs> I don't always, but the majority of the time I do what you ultimately want to do because I want to make you happy. I'm codependent on him too. Right. And he's like, Oh man, when we first wanted to go live, you were like, on our, for our podcast. And yeah. And I was, she I remember was so he mad. told me about it at first and I'm like, okay. And then it was like five minutes before we're supposed to go live. And I was angry for our first episode, our first episode, oh, our first live episode. Yeah. We didn't start out with live. Yeah, they yeah. were pre-recorded, So I got comfortable with that. Yeah. Right. And I know if I screwed up or I felt like I said something stupid, he'd go in, he could edit it out. So yeah. I had comfort in that. And then he's like, I want to go live. And it was like five minutes before we were going on. And I am just like throwing we're not, a I'm not doing massive this. fit. Like I will do it this time. I am never doing it again. I can't believe you talked me into this. You're always trying to change things up <laughs> and we don't need to change things up that are working. And I cannot believe this. I'm so mad that you made me do this. Yeah. And you see where we're at. Season five. We're doing one. live. <laughs> We're live. It's so funny. Uh, hey, you do what you have to do. And I didn't get on her about it. And I didn't complain. No, he say, said, eh. okay, we won't do it. We won't like, go live. You said you would. Next I'm week, like, fine. We, we won't. just won't do it then. That's fine. And I knew. She and then had, I felt bad. And I knew she, had, she needed time to cool off. Right? It's chestnut checkers. Right? I understand. And it's no reason for, she was upset. And there's no reason for me to react to her being upset. That's just, you know, pointless. And I would have changed it. Like if she seriously was all like, I am mad. Like, I don't want to do this. We're not doing this. Okay. Let's have a logical conversation about this and we'll go from there. Well, and it is chess with him. He would be like, okay, well, we won't do it in six months. I'll bring it back up to her. You know what I mean? Like he knows that and like nothing to him is infinite or permanent and everything to me is permanent. So that's where we balance each other out, actually. It's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. Yeah. But it's very like if I come to him multiple times and I tell him something multiple times and we have conversation about something multiple times and then it comes down to it and he doesn't do what we talked about. If the roles had been reversed in that podcast situation, it would not have went the way that it went. Because if I had talked to him about it, told him it was going to be live and he agreed to it. <laughs> and then five minutes before we go live, he's throwing a fit. I react differently. <laughs> Then he does because I would be like, I told you this. She gets factual. We had conversations about it. We, I would bring out a list like we talked about it. This, 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 this. Can you tell she's the boss? (laughs) (laughs) Like you don't have the right to be upset. You will do this, and you're gonna put a smile on your face. You know, she has a whole list of CYA going on. (laughs) So So we balance each other out really well because with him, I get in absolutes. You know, and him, nothing is absolute. Nothing. Mm. And so I'm a visionary though. Yeah. You're, you're more boots on the ground. You're mm. more that, but we respect that of each other Yeah, and we trust in that of each other. 
you know, I have a hard time finishing things. I wouldn't say necessarily say that I'm a, I, I'm a non-finisher. I do finish things. It takes me a little longer in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I lose, you know. Because he likes I, to move on. I lose joy in it. You know, I mm. love the beginnings of things. And she's the exact opposite of that. Now, does she hammer me like, you need to get this done. You need to do this. No. But she'll mention it three or four times. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. And then she becomes an encourager. Like, you can do this. You got this. I mean, when I was going to school, I'm going to start sweating thinking about it. I mean, it was taking forever, right? Like a four-year degree took me like 40 years to get it, okay? But in the like the last six months, I was ready to be done. Like I was ready to quit. And she just kept saying, babe, you got this. Like you can do this. And I'm like, I don't Because if you would have quit and yeah, if you, you quit and then now you're sitting uh, here, you're like, man, if I just would have went that last 12 months, I'd be done. Yeah. You know, and that's just what we think. But I don't like to start things. And the reason why I don't like to start things is because I know I must finish. Finish. It. She'll finish a book that's bad. If I start, it's getting done. No, she started a book one time, and it was like in the first chapter. And I'm like, how's that book? She was like, it's bad. I'm like, oh, well, it was audible. I'm like, just return it. She's like, no, I'm going to finish it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You and I are different humans, okay? We are not the same people. Because like, I might be able to learn something from it. <laughs> yeah, learn that you hate the book more. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? I you didn't end up liking the book. You're bad writer any more anything. I didn't end up liking the book. You so, did? No, I did no, not. I didn't think so. Okay, so that's our rant for today. Listen, trust is important to your marriage. Do what you can and push through, okay? Create trust in your marriage. Like, put put yourself uh, second, okay? We talk about, you know, I wear this bracelet all the time that says, I am second to Jesus. I need to remind myself that I also am second in my spouse's life as well. I need to put her before myself. And I do want to be transparent. Josh and I don't, we're not like 100% trust. There'll still be times at like 930 at night, he's on his phone, and he's going like this. And I'm like, who are you texting? You know, and he's like, oh, I'm texting Josh. You know, like he doesn't think anything of it. So it's not, we're not perfect by any means, but we are, we have a very, very strong marriage. I'm very comfortable asking him the things I need to, to put a kibosh to him as soon as I think it, I can kibosh it. Because I can bring it up to him and he just answers my question. It's not perfect, but we're constantly working on it. Yeah. We're not saying we put in the time, now we're done, now it's time yeah. to cruise. It just doesn't work like no, that. No. We don't believe in that. We don't no. believe in that as individuals as we grow. We don't believe in that as our marriage. We don't believe that in our relationship with Jesus. Like, we just don't believe in no. that. So We're never done. We're never done. Okay. So we want to thank you so much for being here. Do us a favor and hit the share button if you're on right now and you haven't had an opportunity to do that. We really appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.